It's Monday, June 29th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, the portfolio manager at Motley Fool Funds, Bill Mann. Happy Monday. Thanks, man. Is it safe in here? Because it doesn't feel safe anywhere else right now. Anywhere else in the world. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about what's going on in the world, and I will start with something that uh, Morgan that Morgan Housel and I talked about one week ago today, and that was a headline. One week ago today, a headline: Nasdaq sets intraday high as investors remain optimistic on a deal between Greece and its creditors. And the headline from the New York Times today: Greece's debt crisis sends stocks falling. Around the globe, yeah, I, <laughs> and they're not wrong. I no, mean, it's but, not so bad here in the U.S., but when you look at the FTSE in the U.K., you look at the DAX, you look at the indices, yeah, in Asia, they're all interconnected, right? So everything is interconnected, and I just and Greece to me is, I mean, it's the big thing. It's the really interesting one. It's you know, it's it's the drama that for you know for five years now they haven't managed to kill a single major character. You know, it's right. it's been. I mean, people are just like, well, here we go again. You know, it's. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of things that are going on right now. But but the markets are completely sanguine. I mean, gold is up a dollar as what you know as as we speak, and market the the U.S. stock market is down a percent. I I think some of that has to do with the fact that. People have just gotten accustomed to Greece being a problem, and I think people are also just assuming that hey, it'll be another miracle. You know, it's you know that they'll figure something else out. Tim Hansen was on the radio show last week. We were talking about Greece. This was we taped the interview on Thursday, and right out of the gate, I said, "Look, let's timestamp this because everything's going to change." And he and I were talking this morning, and two things: one. He pointed out it basically didn't enter his mind that a referendum uh, was was on the table as an option. Um, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> do you really? I do. Why? I do because it's their last move. Like, okay, all right, we have we have debated and we have you know we we have gone for you. We have stood up to the troika. Is this what you really want? Right? Is this it? Is this what you want? I think the funny thing is, I don't know where they're going to get the money to hold the referendum. Right. right. <laughs> but I, in some ways, and you know, obviously, you know, obviously the government, you know, the, the the leaders are putting their political lives on the line. But they are actually telling the Greek people, okay, we have we we have gone in good faith, and I think this is actually true. They did what they said they were going to do, and we believe that we have stood up for you. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, but yeah. So I think the funny thing is that they 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 decided to do this now. National Bank of Greece shares hitting an all-time low today, down around 20%, probably not a shock. Yeah. Um yeah. you're someone who spends his time looking at investments uh, not just in Europe but around the world. When you look at what's happening, how do you feel as an investor? Are you thinking, oh, now I've got some buying opportunities where I didn't have them before? Oh, I think so. I think that that's definitely true. And really, the bigger story globally right now is what's happened in China, which China, which you know, although China has certain systemic, you know, certain systemic differences than Greece, but the Chinese market, 
literally went up 200% over the last six months, depending on which, you know, depending on which of the Chinese markets you're looking at, the A shares in, in, in Shanghai or whatever. That's not all that important. But they're getting smoked. They're getting smoked. And, you know, in a lot of ways, the, you know, the, the reduction of, uh, you know, of gro- growth in China, I think, is a bigger issue. And I think that there are a lot more companies where, you know, where the babies are being thrown out with the bathwater there alongside Greece. Yeah, so we're we're definitely much more interested. I think I've I think I've mentioned this here because I've mentioned it every place else. But over the last year, it's been the hardest market that I've ever had to invest in. It's been just nothing has made sense to me. So I, I kind of feel like some of the stuff is making sense. Let me share another challenge that the market in China is dealing with uh, from the Financial Times. The headline, China Graft Probe Uncovers Falsified Revenues at Large SOEs. Uh, and again, let me, I'll just read straight from the China's state auditor has uncovered falsified revenues and profits in the accounts of some of the com- country's biggest state-owned companies as Beijing broadens its assault on official corruption. It's a miracle! I, I, feel, I feel a little bit like Captain Renault in, in Casablanca. I'm shocked, shocked to discover that there's gambling going on in this establishment. It is amazing. It is amazing that this has been discovered at the largest companies within with within within China. So so what happens if China legitimately starts cracking down on corruption? What does that mean? Well, I mean, I guess the big question right now is I mean, they I would say that because I think the interesting thing to me is that this is news that's coming out. They're actually reporting this. Right. In a lot of ways, when you talk about totalitarian co- countries, and there's a debate as to whether China is totalitarian, but the people on the other side of the debate are wrong. Um, <laughs> there, you know, in a lot of ways, things like this are, you know, are, are swept under the rug. This is out there. And I think it's a really interesting thing. And I think it's actually a, a, a pretty good development for China. But the question is, you know, still with the, uh, with, with the corruption probes that are going on in China, whether this is a guise, you know, for the, you know, for for Xi Jinping to get rid of opponents, and I don't know, I don't know the answer to that, but yeah, <laughs> for 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 businesses that are built on partially on corruption, for there to be corruption is just, I mean, it's it's shocking. So, if you are a U.S. based company that is doing some bit of business in China and maybe obviously looking to do more business in China I'm assuming you are applauding this news and I'll just pick not to pick on them in any negative way but just because they were just in the news and that's yeah. Nike you yeah. look at Nike and their most recent quarter they reported on Friday uh, closed out the fiscal year quite strongly and and while they haven't gone gangbusters in China they have demonstrated uh, some pretty solid growth if you're Nike and you see this news are you indifferent are you pleased or are you just keeping your head down saying I, we're just focused on our stuff I think you're keeping your head down I mean specifically for Nike in a lot of ways this you know it, this is this is yet another reason for for some of the people in China to not buy certain flashy products. I don't know if I don't really know if Nike would be considered high end in China, but I suspect that it is. So I don't know that this is great for them and they want to keep their head down. You they'd best not say anything about it. Uh, because the question is, is, you know, it's really an open one whether this is a political move or if it is actually, you know, trying to clean up the books move. 
Radio at fool.com is our email address. Got an email from Adam Godfrey in Derby, England. Can you share your thoughts on the Sophos IPO in the UK? It is the largest tech IPO on the London Stock Exchange for some time for a UK company. This is uh, a cybersecurity company. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sophos, S-O-P-H-O-S. They do security for email, mobile uh, encryption services. I don't know anything about this company, but if cybercrime were a stock, I think I'd be bullish on that. I think I would be buying cybercrime. Yes, it's it's actually a really interesting company. We we do not participate in IPOs anywhere in the world simply because when you have a company that has gone from being private to public, there is a learning process, right? They learn how to interact with investors. You need to learn how they are when they are managing people's money that is not their own. You know, when you when when you think of stewards of stewards of capital, it's a lot easier to be a steward of capital when you're talking. About your money plus the venture capitalists, and it is, you know, it's just different. Yeah, it's pretty good business that they're in. I mean, they've got revenues of, you know, they've they've got revenues of, you know, close closing in on two hundred million dollars per year. It, it, it will rise quickly from there. Pretty expensive, you know, pretty expensive valuation. Uh, you know, given given the revenue level, they have never made any money, but I suspect. They're in a pretty good market, but you know, just keep in mind we don't. I'll be glad to comment on a on, on an IPO, but buy you know buy and large IPOs aren't things that are interesting to us. Well, and as always, you want to look at the management. This is not unlike some of the IPOs we've seen in the U.S. over the last couple of years, where the company has been in existence just for a couple of years and they go public. Sophos has been around for about thirty years, so yeah, yeah, presumably. Yeah. The management, or at least some of the management, has been in place for that time. Yeah, the CEO is an old, I think, Symantec guy. So yeah, they've 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 been around, and this this company has been around for a long time. It, it's it's an interesting company, and 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 I will you know I I, I will not you know I, I'm not going to give myself too much credit that I know a huge amount about about the industry, but it is it is definitely an area and they are focusing on sort of medium sized enterprises. London School of Economics is one of their clients. They're not looking at, you know, they're they're they are not necessarily in the in the market of the the huge clients. So this is probably an area where there's a lot of growth potential. You flagged a story for me that uh, right before we started taping, you, you said, I, I don't know why this isn't a bigger story, and it is uh, uh, much closer to home than what's going on in Greece, and that is the fact that uh, the governor of Puerto Rico uh, has issued a warning that the $72 billion public debt the island nation has, I guess it's not an island nation. Is it an island nation? No, it's, it's an part island. of the U.S. It's part of the U.S., yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, anyway. A commonwealth, I believe. Yes, the they've got a $72 billion debt that that um, the governor has deemed unpayable. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds bad. Right? That does sound bad. Yeah. Um, and unlike what's going on in Greece, where uh, the United States in general, and U.S. investors in general aren't really holding the bag. My hunch is that we're going to be on the hook for at least some of this, aren't we? Yes, not just we, but also investor we's. I mean, the difference between and there are investors who have been in Greece, and so I'm sure that the the announcement of the referendum was <clears throat> exciting for them. Uh, 
you get you get tax free and tax advantage status in the U.S. if you invest in Puerto Rican government bonds. So a lot of banks here, a lot of hedge funds, a lot of pensions hold Puerto Rican government paper, and they quite literally don't know what to do because this sort of you know this this event has not happened before. There is not a state that has gone bankrupt. I mean, there's Detroit, so there's there's a playbook to some to some degree, but Detroit was backed by other things, right? Puerto Rico is I'm really trying hard not to say it's an island but because but Puerto Rico um, you know it, it it's it's a state in a lot of ways I mean it's not it, it's it's not officially a state but what do you do what do you do when they say well we can't pay we can't pay the notes on our debt well and you're talking about hedge funds holding a lot of this and uh, let's face it in general as a group, it's not like hedge funds in the U.S. have had an amazing track record over the last couple of years. No, so, I think that's so. The <laughs> fact that on top of this, some of them are holding this paper, yeah, makes it even worse. Yeah, I, it's a really quiet. You know, it's, it's a really quiet story. The the general underperformance of hedge funds over the last few years, but this will not help. Do you think because there are large U.S. companies that for years have had. Uh, some base of operations in Puerto Rico, in part because of the favorable tax status there. I have to believe one of the ideas on the table is maybe we ask them to just pay a little just bit, chip in, uh, just you know, chip in a yeah. little tiny bit. It's an interesting question. I think you're probably talking about you know picking up nickels in front of a steamroller because they're not they're not covering seventy four billion dollars, and I don't know what the tenor of those payments are. They're not all due next week. They're not you know there's not some slip you know to be put in the mail with a seventy four billion dollar check. Um, it's possible. I mean, they. The, the, I would. I. I would suspect that uh, that that Puerto Rico has tried to recover money a lot of ways. This is not a great announcement for a governor to have to make. I mean, he basically said this isn't politics. This is math. So I suspect that they've looked a lot of places for money. You know, there are some ways that they may be able to start to recapture it. Not so much from asking them for money, but because of the you know the the. Resultant drop in services that uh, that you know that these companies with their existing factories may may sustain. Let's bring it back to Greece before we wrap up. So this referendum is going to happen. Maybe if they have the money. For if they it. have the money to pull it off, I believe July fifth is the date. Yeah. What if you're a, at a sports book in Vegas? What are you betting on as? A likely outcome or a potential outcome. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. And I know that you're asking me for a number. I imagine it will pass, right? But the response to me is what's more interesting. And I think that that's going to be a little bit path dependent. If European stocks and European bonds and the euro get clobbered this week, I think the Europeans are going to be ready to talk. You know, because what they're saying right now is, okay, you can have your referendum, but it's for you know, it it's for an agreement that's no longer on the table. I mean, if if Europe's getting clocked in the in the meantime, absolutely, it's going to be back on the table. You know, so I think I think it will pass. So just the fact that a your a referendum is going to happen in six days, you're saying one potential outcome is there's no need for a referendum because if the next couple of days result in the euro getting whacked, then all of a sudden there's going to be an emergency meeting. 
Exactly. Exactly. There's going to be, you know, exactly. The heads of the five families. The five families. Are going to get together, <laughs> and Angela Merkel is going to pass a gold telephone around the table so that they can all look at it. You can read more from Bill Mann. Just go to foolfunds.com, sign up for declarations. It is the free monthly newsletter that he and his colleagues put together. It's great stuff. Thanks for being here, man. Glad to see you, Chris. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>